Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All dreams, Mr. Van Slyperkin. The cutter arrived, and he landed with his dispatches for the government. And his letters to Ramsey being all delivered, Van Slyperkin hastened to the widows, who, as usual, received him all smiles. He now confided to her the death of his mother, and astonished her by representing the amount of his wealth, which he had the precaution to state that the major part of it was left him by his mother. "'Where have you put it all, Mr. Vanslyperkin?' inquired the widow. And Vanslyperkin replied that he had come to ask her advice on the subject, as it was at present all on board of the cutter. The widow, who was not indifferent to money, was more gracious than ever. She had a scheme in her head of persuading him to leave the money under her charge. But Van Slyperkin was anxious to go on board again, for he discovered that the key was not in his pocket, and he was fearful that he might have left it on the cabin table. So he quitted rather abruptly, and the widow had not time to bring the battery to bear. As soon as Mr. Van Slyperkin arrived on board, Corporal Van Spitter, without asking leave, for he felt it was not necessary, went on shore, and was soon in the arms of his enamored widow Vandersloosh. In the meantime Mr. Van Slyperkin discovered the key in the pocket of the waistcoat he had thrown off, and, having locked his door, he again opened his drawer, and delighted himself for an hour or two in rearranging his treasure. After which, feeling himself in want of occupation, it occurred to him that he might as well dedicate a little more time to the widow, so he manned his boat and went on shore again. It is all very well to have a morning and afternoon lover, if ladies are so inclined, just as they have a morning and afternoon dress but they should be worn separately. Now, as it never entered the head of Mr. Van Slyperkin that the corporal was playing him false, so did it never enter the head of the widow that Mr. Van Slyperkin would make his appearance in the evening, and leave the cutter and Snarleyow without the corporal being on board to watch over them. But Mr. Van Slyperkin did leave the cutter and Snarleyow, did come on shore, did walk to the widow's house, and did most unexpectedly enter it, and what was the consequence? That he was not perceived when he entered it, and the door of the parlor as well as the front door being open to admit air, 
for the widow and the corporal found that making love in the dog days was rather warm work for people of their calibre to his mortification and rage the lieutenant beheld the corporal seated in his berth on the little fubsy sofa with one arm round the widow's waist his other hand joined to hers and pro pudor sucking at her dewy lips like some huge carp under the water-lilies on a midsummer's afternoon mr vanslyperken was transfixed the parties were too busy with their amorous interchange to perceive his presence at last the corporal thought that his lips required moistening with a little of the beer of the widow's own brewing for the honey of her lips had rather glued them together he turned toward the table to take up his tumbler and he beheld mr vanslyperken the corporal for a moment was equally transfixed but on these occasions people act mechanically because they don't know what to do the corporal had been well drilled he rose from the sofa held himself perfectly upright and raised the back of his right hand to his forehead there he stood like a statue saluting at the presence of his superior officer the widow had also perceived the presence of vanslyperken almost as soon as the corporal but a woman's wits are more at her command on these occasions than a man's she felt that all concealment was now useless and she prepared for action at the same time although ready to discharge a volley of abuse upon vanslyperken she paused to ascertain how she should proceed assuming an indifferent air she said well mr vanslyperken well exclaimed vanslyperken but he could not speak for passion eavesdropping as usual mr vanslyperken may the roof of this house drop on you you infernal no indelicate language if you please sir interrupted the widow i won't put up with it in my house i can tell you ho ho mr vanslyperken continued the widow working herself into a rage that won't do here mr vanslyperken why you audacious you double-faced double-faced it's a pity you weren't double-faced as you call it with that sniveling nose and crooked chin of yours double-faced <laughs> oh, oh mr vanslyperken we shall see wait a little we shall see who's double-faced yes yes mr vanslyperken that for you mr vanslyperken i can hang you when i please mr vanslyperken corporal how many guineas did you see counted out to him at that house opposite during all this the corporal remained fixed and immovable with his hand up to the salute but on being questioned by his mistress he replied remaining in the same respectful attitude fifty golden guineas mistress vandersloosh a lie an infamous lie cried vanslyperken drawing his sword traitor that you are continued he to the corporal take your reward this was a very critical moment the corporal did not attempt the defensive but remained in the same attitude and vanslyperken's rage at the falsehood of the widow and the discovery of his treason was so great that he had lost all command of himself had not a third party come in just as vanslyperken drew his sword it might have gone hard with the corporal but fortunately babette came in from the yard and perceiving the sword fly out of the scabbard 
she put her hand behind the door and snatched two long-handled brooms, one of which she put into the hands of her mistress and retained the other herself. "'Take your reward!' cried Vanslyperken, running furiously to cut down the corporal. But his career was stopped by the two brooms, one of which took him in the face and the other in the chest. The widow and Babette now ranged side by side, held their brooms as soldiers do their arms in a charge of bayonets. How did the corporal act? He retained his former respectful position, leaving the defensive or offensive in the hands of the widow and Babette. The check on the part of Van Slyperken only added to his rage. Again he flew with his sword at the corporal, and again was met with the besoms in his face. He caught one with his hand, and he was knocked back with the other. He attempted to cut them in two with his sword, but in vain. "'Out of my house, you villain! You traitor! Out of my house!' cried the widow, pushing at him with such force as to drive him against the wall, and pinning him there while Babette charged him in his face, which was now streaming with blood. The attack was now followed up with such vigor that Van Slyperken was first obliged to retreat to the door, then out of the door into the street. Followed into the street he took to his heels, and the widow and Babette returned victorious into the parlor to the corporal. Mr. Van Slyperken could not accuse him of want of respect to his superior officer. He had saluted him on entering, and he was still saluting him when he made his exit. The widow threw herself on the sofa. Corporal Van Spitter then took his seat beside her. The widow, overcome by her rage and exertion, burst into tears and sobbed in his arms. The corporal poured out a glass of beer and persuaded her to drink it. "'I'll have him hanged to-morrow, at all events. I'll go to the Hague myself,' cried the widow. "'Yes, yes, Mr. Van Slyperken. We shall see who will gain the day.' continued the widow, sobbing. "'You can prove it, Corporal?' "'Mein Gott, yes,' replied the Corporal. "'As soon as he's hung, Corporal, we'll marry.' "'Mein Gott, yes.' "'Traitorous villain! Sell his king and his country for gold?' "'Mein Gott, yes.' "'You're sure it was fifty guineas, Corporal?' "'Mein Gott, yes.' Ah, well, Mr. Vanslyperken, we shall see, said the widow, drying her eyes. Yes, yes, Mr. Vanslyperken, you shall be hanged, and your cur with you, or my name's not Vandersloosh. My God, yes, replied the corporal. End of chapter 44 Recording by Arnold Banner, Thurmond, North Carolina